Good evening. Our top story tonight, the NFL trade deadline is in the books. And it was kind of underwhelming. I mean, the only really fantasy relevant pieces here we got was Donovan Peoples-Jones and Josh Dobbs. I mean, maybe you can make a case that the offensive lineman Ezra Cleveland to the Jaguars helps Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne in fantasy, but who? This was underwhelming. This did result in some big defensive moves. Washington commanders embracing trust the process. It looks like the new ownership group has finally figured it out. So we're going to break that down. We're going to talk about the couple fantasy relevant trades. We got news around the NFL injury updates and more on player profiler today so i mean i guess we'll start off with the most fantasy relevant trade even though donovan peoples jones to the detroit lions really isn't moving the needle for anyone let's be real here but in terms of real life football this is relevant this does matter and this was a good move by the Detroit Lions a sixth round pick in 2025 for Donovan Peoples-Jones a proven commodity at outside wide receiver and I mean Donovan Peoples-Jones is not spectacular but he's good enough and he is a better option than what the Lions have tried in the past because they have been searching for that outside x receiver that can stretch the field for years ever since Dan Campbell joined first they had Tyrell Williams that did not work out at all then they had DJ Chark DJ Chark was pretty good in the role but he was inconsistent and hurt and so they moved on and he signed a bigger contract with the Carolina Panthers then they go and try to trade for Denzel Mims that doesn't work he gets injured they cut him before the season starts also try to have Marvin Jones even though he's not the speedster he can't take the top off like he once could they were hoping okay maybe he can play outside on the line of scrimmage and no, did not work. And so Donovan Peoples-Jones now gets that chance. He can match up physically, and he can take the top off a little bit. So Donovan Peoples-Jones, a real-life solid football move because Josh Reynolds fumbles and then doesn't have another reception after last night. Khalif Raymond isn't really scaring anyone as the wide receiver 3-4 that he has been forced to be. And then Oh, Jamison Williams. A lot of people will point to this and say Jamison Williams is done. And this does hurt Jamison Williams. This objectively hurts Jamison Williams, but this isn't the devastation that a lot of people think it is. Donovan Peoples-Jones is more of an X receiver, more of the big body type, Terrell Williams, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, whereas Jamison Williams kind of has his own role in this Brad or not Brad Holmes, this Ben Johnson offense. He's kind of just the deep threat. He is more close to Brandon Cooks than a Donovan Peoples-Jones, than a, in, in terms of role. But either way, this does hurt Jameson Williams because he will be on the field less. And that is where it hurts Jameson Williams immediately. In 2023, Jameson Williams will be playing less and less long-term. Not good potentially because they could re-sign Donovan Peoples-Jones. And if they re-sign Donovan Peoples-Jones, then Jamison Williams will continue to play behind him. So short-term, absolutely devastating for Jamison Williams. Long-term, it depends on what happens with free agency. We'll see if Josh Reynolds is brought back. We'll see if Khalif Raymond is brought back. There are a lot of moving pieces, but for now, Jamison Williams is going to be back to the bench. He's going to be playing less. He'll still be in for some situational plays, but Donovan Peoples-Jones takes the field. Not really a fantasy-relevant option because, I mean, it's a Mon Ross St. Brown up here. 
And then it's Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs. They both are getting involved in the offense pretty heavily. And does Donovan Peoples-Jones pass Josh Reynolds? Well, not immediately because Josh Reynolds has that rapport with Jared Goff. So in terms of fantasy football, not a lot of movement. Dynasty and redraft completely hurts Jameson Williams. But looking at other NFC contenders, the moves they made, Lions, supposed to be a contender in the NFC. They get Donovan Peoples-Jones, whereas the Eagles are going out and getting Kevin Byard. The 49ers going out and adding Chase Young, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And the Seahawks going out and getting Leonard Williams. The DPJ move just doesn't fit with the rest of that. And as for the Browns, it's not a whole lot of fantasy relevance either. I mean, Cedric Tillman steps in as the one-for-one replacement, but this role that Donovan Peoples-Jones had for the Cleveland Browns outside wide receiver isn't a particularly good one, especially with a banged-up Deshaun Watson with a P.J. Walker in the lineup. It doesn't matter. Either way, they're not pushing it outside to Donovan Peoples-Jones. Probably not going to be pushing it outside to Cedric Tillman, so in redraft doesn't mean a whole lot, but Dynasty. Cedric Tillman all of a sudden becomes relevant. I hope you've been listening to me since the summer because I've been telling you that Donovan Peoples-Jones at some point would not be with the Cleveland Browns. I thought it would be after the season and free agency when he didn't get traded during the during the offseason, but now Cedric Tillman starts in, steps into the starting lineup as a wide receiver in three wide receiver sets, so good job, Cedric Tillman. But again, redraft, not a lot of impact here. And before we get to the rest of the free agency and the trading and all of the fun stuff, we've got a word from the Podfather. Hey, we're all starting new fantasy leagues all the time. And more often than not, where do we start our fantasy leagues at Player Profiler? On Sleeper. Because it's the best. You can imagine my excitement when I saw Sleeper rolled out. Sleeper picks, baby. And game stacking is the path to positive returns with these pick'em games. Find that sneaky shootout and set most of the players to go over their projection for that week. Or you find a game going to get dragged into the mud and take every member of the passing game for less than their projections that week. And if you pick up to eight, that's how you 100x your payout on Sleeper. It's called the Hail Mary. So if you use promo code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match. Check out Sleeper's terms and conditions for details. These Sleeper picks are live in over 25 states. Yeah, buddy. Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible. Because it allows you to look up players, it allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer, so you'll never lose another Dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win-now team, this is a rebuilding team, and then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for Superflex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. So obviously, Cedric Tillman, he is trending up in the Dynasty Dominator. Jameson Williams is trending down. Not the end of the world. And not in people's Jones, he's probably trending medium. This is kind of a lateral move for him. But we have other moves that impact fantasy football, and that is Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs 
headed to the Minnesota Vikings along with a seventh round pick in exchange for a sixth round pick. But he's not starting this week. This week, it's going to be the rookie Jaron Hall, the fifth round pick out of BYU, the guy who succeeded Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall steps in, unfortunately, for Kirk Cousins. We haven't been together. We haven't talked about it since the injury happens. I can't believe it was only two days ago that Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles, but Kirk Cousins is done for the year. This is absolutely devastating. This is heartbreaking. Kirk Cousins, who was on pace for his best season ever. Kirk Cousins, who was leading the NFL in touchdown passes. Kirk Cousins, who was playing his way into a new Big contract with the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins, who was rallying the Vikings to the playoffs. And it's still possible when you look at the NFC. I mean, the Lions are making it from the north. The NFC West is going to have two teams, the 49ers and the Seahawks. The NFC South is going to have one team, the Saints maybe, the Bucks, the Falcons. It could be anyone except for the Panthers. And then in the West, or sorry, we already did the West with the Seahawks and the 49ers. And in the East, we're going to have two teams with the Cowboys and with the uh, Cowboys and with the Eagles. Oh, goodness gracious. I kept wanting to say the Commanders. So much Commanders talk that we're going to get to. But anyways, those are six teams. So that final slot, yeah, the Vikings could sneak in with Josh Dawes, Matthew Stafford, who we'll get to. He's dealing with a thumb injury. He's going to be out for a while. So the Rams might be out of it. Do you really want to put an NFC South team in that seventh playoff spot? The Falcons, the Bucks, the Saints, if they don't win the division, are you putting them there? So, I mean, it's possible that the Vikings with Jaron Hall and Josh Dobbs, they make the playoffs still, but it is much less likely. Probably not going to happen. Vikings should embrace the tank. They should be as bad as possible. They should lose as many games as possible. And that's still possible with Josh Dobbs and Jaron Hall. Don't get me wrong. Josh Dobbs didn't exactly win a whole lot of games for the Cardinals, except somehow beat the Cowboys. But we'll see how this all shakes out for the Minnesota Vikings. In the short term, Jaron Hall is going to be starting this week. And then we'll see after that, after Josh Dobbs learns the playbook. The one piece of good news, potentially, in terms of fantasy football with this Josh Dobbs trade is for TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson could see a massive jump with Josh Dobbs in the lineup. TJ Hawkinson was earning about 22% of the targets throughout the season. He was already on pace for over a thousand yards as a tight end. Very impressive from TJ Hawkinson, but Josh Dobbs was one of the few quarterbacks to target the tight end position more than TJ Hawkinson was seeing. Josh Dobbs targets the tight end at a 32% clip. That is an extra 10% from what TJ Hawkinson was already seeing. So if anything, TJ Hawkinson could be getting fed or Justin Jefferson coming back soon. He's going to get fed as well. This Vikings offense might not be doomed with Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, and TJ Hawkinson with KJ Osborne mixing in there as well. Catching passes from Josh Dobbs. It could be worse. And I mean, Jaron Hall could surprise us all. It's probably not going to happen, but he could be surprising. Anyways, with Josh Dobbs now out of Arizona, this does have some fantasy implications as well because Clayton Toon, is expected to get the start. The rookie out of Houston played last year with the Cougars. Talked about him in the preseason, how he at some point was expected to get a shot. Now is his chance. And this was all sort of weird. So it was announced after the game, Josh Dobbs is going to be the Cardinal starter. He's going to start one more week against the Cleveland Browns. Then the next day it comes out, oh no, Josh Dobbs not starting. 
Actually, we watched the film, and the film was bad, so we're benching him. And then clearly it comes around to today. And no, the reason that they announced the benching of Josh Dobbs is because they plan to trade him to the Vikings. But now it looks like it's going to be Clayton Toon, the rookie fifth rounder, I want to say. Clayton Toon was a fifth rounder, maybe a sixth rounder. Either way, against the Cleveland Browns, setting him up for absolute failure, which is better than setting Kyler Murray up for failure because Kyler Murray basically in training camp right now, or at least that's how the Cardinals are viewing it, that he's going to take a three, four-week training camp, get the knee up to speed, and then hopefully return for week 10 against the Atlanta Falcons. Though there is the chance he could enter the lineup if anything happens to Clayton Toon, or if Clayton Toon is just bad, maybe they bench him, put Kyler Murray in. We will see. Vikings also made another trade. They sent Ezra Cleveland, who was their starting left guard, to the Jacksonville Jaguars for a sixth-round pick. Now, there are some layers to this, because Ezra Cleveland... Yes, he was the left guard for the Minnesota Vikings, but he was supposed to be left tackle. The reason he's not left tackle is because they drafted Christian Derrissaw, and you're not passing Christian Derrissaw on the depth chart. He is just entering the NFL, one of the best left tackles in the league, and that has already come to fruition. So obviously, Ezra Cleveland kind of gets screwed there, has to stay at left guard, not a natural position for him. Has a strong season this year. In the past, Ezra Cleveland's kind of been inconsistent, but now, Goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cam Robinson was suspended early in the year. Walker Little started for him. He's been injured. Cam Robinson's a little bit banged up. Rookie right tackle Anton Harrison has been inconsistent as well. So maybe finally Ezra Cleveland gets a chance to start at offensive tackle. Good move for the Jacksonville Jaguars to bring in a depth offensive lineman. And good move for the Minnesota Vikings to get whatever they can out of a player that isn't going to return. Now, I wish they did trade Danielle Hunter, but this kind of tells me, okay, Daniel Hunter's balling out right now. The Vikings haven't traded him. That probably means Daniel Hunter is in their future plans, or at least that is they hope that the Minnesota Vikings will re-sign him. Because remember, Vikings have been doing this thing all year. Veterans, take a pay cut or work out a new contract, and we'll see if you're part of our future plans. The way Daniel Hunter has been playing, maybe Daniel Hunter comes back to the Vikings next year on a big contract. But... The edge rushers who did get traded, Washington Commanders, trade both Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Montez Sweat goes to the Chicago Bears for a second round pick. Currently, the 35th overall pick. The Bears love giving away those valuable, valuable picks in the second round. We all remember the Chase Claypool trade. And then the 49ers go and trade for Chase Young from the Commanders, send a third round pick to the Commanders. So in the meantime, the Washington Commanders, rest of the season, they'll have Casey Tuhill versus James Smith-Williams versus Effie Obata versus Andre Jones versus KJ Henry. Those final two, I believe, are undrafted free agents, or at the very least, they're both rookies. So this is a Commander's edge rush room that lacks juice now, and that will lead to more pass attempts for the Washington Commanders, because with the defense being bad, the offense is going to have to score more points, which will help Sam Howell's fantasy value. Sam Howell probably gets replaced next year now that the Commanders have five picks in the first three rounds of the draft, something that they never had while Dan Snyder was the owner. They always wanted to trade up because Dan Snyder would meddle and get his greasy little fingers all over the place and make the team make bad decisions, even when smarter people were in the room saying, hey, it's not a good idea. And so now, Josh Harris takes over the Washington Commanders. And Josh Harris, 
had a pretty big day on the trade market. I mean, he trades Chase Young, trades Montez Sweat, trades James Harden, trades P.J. Tucker, trades Philip Petrusev. Five big names sent away by Josh Harris, part of the Trust the Process 76ers. Washington Commanders are finally rebuilding in the right way. In a couple of years' time, could the Commanders be a new version of the Lions, a team that is following the process, trusting the process, and building things the right way? Only time will tell. But in the meantime, the 49ers get an absolute stud in Chase Young, and they have options now. They can either re-sign him, extend him next offseason, or sorry, this offseason coming up, or they let Chase Young walk in that third round pick that they gave up. They have a chance to get that back because if Chase Young goes out and signs a massive contract, well, then the 49ers are just going to get a third round compensatory pick in exchange. So that's the gamble that the 49ers make. Hey, we get Chase Young this year. Maybe we sign him long term. Maybe we give up a 2024 third round pick for a 2025 third round pick when Chase Young leaves in free agency. And the 49ers already have extra third round picks. They got one for Mike McGlinchey, and they got one for the pairing of D'Amico Ryans and GM Rand Carthen, both being signed away to prominent positions for new teams. So extra third round picks to spend. Go out and get Chase Young, who played with Nick Bosa at Ohio State. I don't think they actually really played together because of Nick Bosa's injury. I don't think Chase Young had any. I don't remember. I don't think they played together very much, if at all. But either way, they get to play together now. They now have... Nick Bosa, opposite Chase Young, and in the middle, they've got Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, and at depth, they've got Drake Jackson, they've got Randy Gregory, they've got Javon Kinlaw. This 49ers defense just gets more and more dangerous, and this trade for the 49ers just looks even better when you compare it to the second-round pick that the Bears give up for Montez Sweat, and Montez Sweat, quality, quality edge rusher as well. Do not get me wrong. Both Chase Young, and Montez Sweat are dominant at times. They both have elite athleticism. They are both playmakers. But when you can get possibly the better one, the one who at least had the better pedigree coming into the NFL, and granted the injuries have happened, but when you can get the better one for cheaper, well, that just kind of looks silly for the Chicago Bears. And then you add, okay, they make this trade, but they didn't sign them to an extension. So they're going to have to franchise tag him in the offseason, but they made the trade, which means they don't want him to hold out at all. And if they franchise tag Montez Sweat, then he can hold out like we saw from Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. So the leverage is kind of in Sweat's corner, and now they're going to have to pay Montez Sweat a massive, massive contract in order to extend him. All of the leverage is in Montez Sweat's hand. And I understand the move, going out and trading for an elite edge rusher, especially when you're probably not going to get one. Where are you picking the NFL draft? They're probably taking quarterback, and they're probably taking Marvin Harrison or another offensive weapon. Maybe they take Olu Fashinu. I don't know. But either way, the edge rushers probably aren't going to be the Bears picks early. And then when they come back in the second round, they're not going to get a guy the caliber of Montez Sweat. So I understand it. Process is sound, but when you could have got Chase Young for a third instead... It just becomes a little bit less appealing. And now Montez Sweat is going to have to do it all on his own. He doesn't have Jonathan Allen. He doesn't have Deron Payne. He doesn't have Chase Young. All taking pressure off of him as well. So I believe Montez Sweat will succeed with the Chicago Bears. But that's a lot of pressure for the Bears, who are a team that's not 
at all close to competing at all. Anyways, they also don't trade away Jalen Johnson. They say Jalen Johnson is staying. They wanted too much in return for Jalen Johnson. Bills made an aggressive offer, but the Bears stay put and say, nope, we're going to make him play for us for one more year. And Jalen Johnson says, all right, well, I'm done negotiating with you. I'm not going to be back next year. I'm not going to sign in free agency. So you could have got something for me, and now you won't. Bills really wanted Jalen Johnson instead. When they can't get Jalen Johnson, they make a move and get Razul Douglas from the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are sellers at the deadline. They pick up a third-round pick in exchange. They send a fifth-round pick with Razul Douglas to the Buffalo Bills. The Bills trying to load up, trying to stay competitive. And Razul Douglas, I know the name probably doesn't scream stud, but make no mistake, Razul Douglas has been playing some dominant football this year. Great to have him for the Buffalo Bills. This is going to upgrade their defense after losing Tredavious White. The Bills also don't trade Kyir Elam, who we kind of expected to see potentially move because he has not shown out for the Buffalo Bills. They tried to use him as leverage to get a top-end cornerback. Doesn't work. We'll see if he stops being a healthy scratch or not now that the trade deadline is passed. But Bills also signed a running back, Leonard Fournette, who we talked about a couple weeks ago, potentially signing with the Buffalo Bills. And then Ty Johnson stays and signs with the or stays on the practice squad. And so the Bills don't get Leonard Fournette. Now go out, sign Leonard Fournette. And instantly, I think he's an upgrade on Latavius Murray. And Latavius Murray was seeing 40 to 50% of the snaps. So you get Leonard Fournette in there. And he is absolutely a fantasy viable option. Probably takes a week or two for him to get fully up to speed. Probably another week of Latavius Murray as the RB2 split in time with James Cook. But in short order, Leonard Fournette in the receiving game on the goal line. Leonard Fournette is going to be a difference maker in fantasy football. Took long enough. And now it is here. Other trade news. We got Leonard Williams from the Seattle or to the Seattle Seahawks. His first time not playing for a New York team goes from the Jets to the Giants and now finally to the Seattle Seahawks. Trade a second in 2024 and a fifth in 2025. And you'll be thinking, ooh, that's expensive for Leonard Williams, isn't it? And it is expensive, but part of the reason they gave up a second is because the Giants ate the remaining money. About $10 million was left to be earned for Leonard Williams. Giants eating around $9 million of that sum. And that's what the Seahawks had to pay to get the deal done. So they add to the interior of the defensive line. Seahawks, the number one team in the NFC West Seahawks. They are sure loading up. They are sure looking dangerous. Looking like they might compete during this NFL playoff run. We'll see what happens when they meet the 49ers. If they really are the team we hope they are, want them to be. Or if this is just another year where the 49ers are just better than the Seahawks. And the records just don't show it right now. Speaking of the Seahawks, Zach Charbonnet outsnapped Kenneth Walker for the first time this season. 56% of the snaps for Charbonnet to 44 for Kenneth Walker. Obviously, Walker gets the carries, eight carries to five for Charbonnet. But the route run is completely dominated by Zach Charbonnet. 22 routes for Charbonnet, 10 for KW3. Kenneth Walker is still the lead back, but... In a close game where the Seahawks are choosing to throw a lot, Kenneth Walker sees more snaps. That's a little bit worrisome just going forward. Now back to the New York Giants who did trade away uh, Leonard Williams. They will replace him in the lineup with Sean Robinson, who they signed from the Los Angeles Rams just this past offseason. Or is he? No, no. Michael Brockers 
was traded for Ashawn Robinson. Ashawn Robinson also played for the Detroit Lions in the past, but signed him away from the Los Angeles Rams, so he'll replace him in the lineup. Adoree Jackson and Paris Campbell stay in put for the New York Giants, as is Saquon Barkley. Teams were calling about Saquon, and they all got rejected. Saquon Barkley is what is being reported in the rejections, a core piece and the face of the franchise. And I mean, it's true. And it's especially true now that Daniel Jones is once again struggling and once again injured. But Daniel Jones will make his return in week nine. He is back, ready to go. Most of the symptoms have gone. There are still some talks that he might not have full strength in his left arm, which would be very worrisome. I hope those rumors are false. And I hope Daniel Jones is completely fine this weekend. Not fully out of the woods yet, but Daniel Jones is at least making the start. He is at least back in the lineup. Terod Taylor is now week to week with a rib injury. He was discharged from the hospital on Monday, but not going to be active this week. And so the Giants signed Tommy DeVito to the active roster. Matt Barkley goes to the practice squad. Matt Barkley probably ends up being the QB2. He's probably elevated from the practice squad. Gets to be QB2. Tommy DeVito, probably a healthy and active. Then he can be the QB3 in emergencies. But I don't think the Giants want Tommy DeVito anywhere close to the lineup once again. Because that was brutal. Final trade, the final trade that we got to see yesterday was the Atlanta Falcons landing Kentavious Street from the Philadelphia Eagles, former Saints defensive tackle, I think. Yeah, he was the former Saints defensive tackle. Lots of, anyways, conditional sixth round pick in 2024 for a 2025 seventh. And the condition with this pick is that Kentavious Street has to play at least six games for the Atlanta Falcons. And the reason the Falcons are adding a defensive tackle is because Grady Jarrett, They're all pro defensive tackle. He is out for the year, torn ACL. He will not return this season. We wish Grady Jarrett all the best in his recovery, a speedy recovery to him. But the Falcons still looking for a playoff run. They are still hoping to make the playoffs, still hoping to win the division. But who's going to be the quarterback? We were supposed to find out earlier today. I didn't see any headlines. No, they said on Wednesday. Today is Tuesday. Goodness gracious. What is this week? Trade deadline has me all off. But anyways, Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke. We will get a decision tomorrow because Desmond Ritter gets kind of benched, but not fully benched. It was weird. It was weird. So Desmond Ritter gets evaluated for a concussion. He gets checked. He gets cleared. Falcons don't return to the game. But this also isn't uncommon, especially after what we saw from Tua Tugavolo last year. Some teams might want to just play it safe. The Browns did the same thing when Deshaun Watson was checked for a concussion, but obviously that was a shoulder injury. Then Arthur Smith says it's not because of performance that Taylor Heineke was in for Desmond Ritter, but then says, oh, he's going to have to figure it out and check and see what happens and see how Desmond Ritter's feeling. So at this point, he's just screwing with us. Arthur Smith is so enraged by the fantasy football community, hates us so much that he's willing to play silly mind games just with us trying to get an own and it's going to cost him in the long run. This battle that he is picking with fantasy football gamers, it's only going to hurt Arthur Smith and his credibility because he's just looking silly in his press conferences and his usage of his players, of his stars that he's drafting so early. Arthur Smith will find out tomorrow who his starting quarterback is. Some other names that were floated around at the trade deadline, T Higgins teams were calling about T Higgins and the Bengals hung up. They were not interested in letting T. Higgins go. The Ravens actually had a deal set in place for Derrick Henry. 
The Titans were going to make the correct decision and sell at the deadline, get rid of Derrick Henry. And then the Titans owner steps in and says, nope, Derrick Henry faces the franchise. I'm not getting rid of him. We're keeping him, which is just ridiculous. You, oh, when you see these owners meddling, like Dan Snyder did for so many years with the Washington Commanders, making terrible decisions that will set their franchise back for the future. But Derrick Henry isn't going to be back with the Titans next year. He's not getting re-signed. He's going to walk in free agency. Tajay Spears is going to be the RB1. And the Titans might get a compensatory pick for Derrick Henry, but I don't know if his contract will be big enough. And the Titans will also be signing free agents, which might cancel out the compensatory pick. So Derrick Henry, whatever. Titans are in shambles. Should be rebuilding. They're not. Anyways, the Ravens also tried to trade for Josh Jacobs, but the Raiders wanted a second round pick. The Ravens said no. Understand this one a little bit more, but the Raiders still should be selling. A second round pick would be nice to have, but if they could have got it done for a third, Raiders should have taken that deal. But Josh McDaniel still wants to compete, wants to save his job, wants to pretend like he's worth keeping. And so he gets selfish, keeps Derrick Henry. Chiefs also tried to trade Richie James. Richie James is on injured reserve, but when he returns, it's not really a role for him. After they traded for McCole Hardman, he's doing the punt returns now. Seems like the Chiefs prefer him to Richie James. So not sure where Richie James will fit in, but Rashi Rice is fitting in and as the wide receiver one, runs the most routes for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is the wide receiver one. Even in a terrible game against the Denver Broncos, Rashi Rice acting as the wide receiver one. Only good things to come from here on out. Other players that weren't moved at the deadline, we talked about Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill also staying put with the Tennessee Titans. He is still injured, though, so I understand why a team wouldn't want to trade for him. He's also been bad this year. Levis. Will Levis going to start once again four touchdowns from Will Levis? Shout out Cody Carpentier. He called it. The dog had it right. Patriots keep all of their players. No moves for the Patriots. Josh Uche was rumored to be traded. He's a no-go. Kyle Duggar, Michael Unwenu, Ezekiel Elliott, who they were getting calls for earlier today. All of them sticking with the New England Patriots. Kendrick Bourne, unfortunately, suffered a torn ACL and torn MCL. So he will be out for the season. Expect to see a big boost from Demario Douglas, who leads the Patriots wide receivers in routes, run, and in snaps. Also, the Raiders, like I mentioned, should have been sellers at the deadline. Should have traded. Josh Jacobs should have traded. Max Crosby should have traded. Devontae Adams. But they keep Adams. He's unhappy. They keep Max Crosby. You could tell how badly he wanted to stay in Detroit, how much fun he had with the Detroit Lions. And that, the Raiders make the worst decision they possibly could. Didn't get to the injury report. We are out of time for today. We talked about some of the injuries around the NFL, but I'll leave you with this. Ahead of this week nine weekend, we could see some bad games this weekend. It does sound like Kenny Pickett's going to play. So it looks like it's going to be Will Levis against Kenny Pickett. But that doesn't scream marquee matchup. Then we're probably getting Taylor Heineke versus Jaron Hall. Either that or Desmond Ritter versus Jaron Hall. It doesn't feel great. We're getting Clayton Toon versus PJ Walker. We're getting Brett Rippin versus Jordan Love because Matthew Stafford and his thumb, it looks like he is going to be out. Stetson Bennett, not with the team right now. He is dealing with some, I think it was personal issues that it was listed, but I will have to double check why Stetson Bennett isn't with the team, but he is not with the Rams, hasn't been for quite a while. So Brett Rippon is the backup for the Los Angeles Rams and could be facing off against Jordan Love. Sam Howell against Mac Jones. Oh, that'll be a fun one. 
especially after the commanders trade both of their edge rushers. Mac Jones may carve up the commanders even more than they've been carved up all season. Tyson Bajan's up against Derek Carr. I mean, Derek Carr is the starter, but he's been uninspiring. And Tyson Bajan, going to be a great backup in the NFL, but he's not a starter. And then we get Daniel Jones versus Jimmy Garoppolo. But as bad as this weekend could be, there is some hope. We do get Justin Herbert versus Russell Wilson, who's been playing a lot better. We get Dak Prescott, Philadelphia Eagles, and Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott versus Jalen Hurts. That's going to be a fun one. It always is. Then we get Patrick Mahomes versus the Miami Dolphins. Tyreek Hill versus Mahomes. Their revenge game, their rivalry game, whatever you want to call it, in Germany. And then we get Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Bengals, Bills. So as bad as this weekend is going to be in some of these games, you also might see some of the best games of the entire season. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.